Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, Prem Kumar shares with us the story behind 50 races or 500 race miles per year. You know, Prem, Prem the guy you see at every trail race, every road race, all the races. Well, Prem initially said that he didn't he didn't need to be on the podcast because everyone knew his story already and uh, you know, he's an open book, but as as you'll hear right from the beginning I didn't know the story. So uh, we chat a little bit about Prem growing up in Pakistan, briefly, uh, his beginning college days in the U.S., briefly, and how he got started running. Um, This is because Prem's got a lot of stories. So um, we then talk about, you know, uh, briefly, how he took his running to another level by setting a goal of 50 races in a year. Very psyched that uh, Prem finally agreed to be on the podcast after all my badgering. So um, very excited for this one. Before we get into it with Prem, I'd like to tell you a bit about the Blue Foundation and Mighty Mosquito 99. You might remember Mighty Mosquito 99 from a while back, uh, a couple years ago. Um, The Blue Foundation is a nonprofit organization based out of Canandaigua, New York. Their mission is to assist local families impacted by cancer while simultaneously raising awareness about men's health issues. To learn more about the Blue Foundation or to donate, visit their website at www.bluefoundationny.org. Now, the Mighty Mosquito is back as part of the Blue Foundation's running event series. The Mighty Mosquito takes place August 4th through 5th Overnight, suddenly, all of a sudden, now it's a little more intriguing, right? Uh, August 4th and the 5th, uh, 2018, and is one of Western New York's most unique trail races. Your team of two, three, or six will cover 99 miles relay style, running on the beautiful trails of Menden Ponds in Pittsburgh, New York. There are three distinct courses that the team runs to cover those 99 miles. So the event runs overnight. So enjoy camping and camaraderie as you take on this awesome challenge. For those looking for the ultimate experience, ultimate for reals, the race offers a solo option as well, 99 miles alone, but not really alone. You can learn more about the Mighty Mosquito by going to bluefoundationny.org slash our dash events, our events. You'll also find both links to the Blue Foundation and the Mighty Mosquito in the show notes, not in the shoe notes. 99 miles and camping overnight in Menden Ponds Park with your friends, the Rochester running community, while helping a worthwhile local charity. I honestly can't think of a better way to spend a summer weekend. You can uh, bring the family, bring the tents, and set up in one of the coolest parks in Rochester. I know you'll have a lot of choices for racing this summer, but I really hope to see and meet and race as many of you as I can that weekend. Yeah, I said race. That's right. More on that in the future. Okay, and with that, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of runners just like you. There have been people that have like come and they've said, I've had no stories to tell. 
and then they just talk forever. You're going to be one of those people, I think. You say, you say, you already know everything. Yeah, I know that. you do. Actually, I'm open book. I talk to everybody and everybody, and, and I don't hold back. I usually just say yeah. how what is on my mind, and how it is, and what it is. Yep. So, Prem, you're finally here. Finally yep. here in the Rio headquarters, the global headquarters. Yeah, I know it's pretty neat and nice and hot <laughs> in this room. Well, you know, being from India, I felt I'd make you... Hey, I'm not from India. I'm from Pakistan. Pakistan, see? Got their own unique language and unique culture. Yep. So um, we warmed it up in here, and now you're going you're gonna to educate us on Pakistan, right? Yeah. I'm... So you're from Pakistan. That's right. right. I was born and raised in southern western border of pakistan with afghanistan and iran that corridor okay southwestern okay yep so so very much middle east not even like like Mm. not even asia like can confuse it with asia it's very much middle east that's right right so um and now you're now you're here in the snow with us no i mean i that part of the town it's a valley my hometown is a valley about eight thousand feet elevation surrounding it so, and ground level is about 2,000, 3,000 feet elevation. Okay. So it's, and we get snow. Yeah. So it's just, we don't get as much. Right. Because we don't have body of water around us. Right. And the mountains block us anything coming in from the western disturbance, unless it goes over the mountain and you get the snow and it's powdery and dry. Or a southern disturbance comes in, but it goes parallel and goes to Himalayas and hit and create snow there, and we don't get anything. You get a nice warm wind. Right. So, yeah, so it's uh, it's it's unique. Mm-hmm. We get a good couple of seasons. Summer can be hot. Winter could be brutally dry and cold. Wow. Brutally dry and cold. Yep. Oof. So, um, when did you come to the U.S.? Came in 95. 95. Okay, so you've been here a good, what, 23 years? Um, did you run there? Did you run here? Oh, no. no, you didn't run there? Um, I've been thinking about that part, actually. When did I really start running? I, in school, we didn't have much of a program or anything, but we had an annual sports day where you get to pick what you're going to run or do or whatever. You, everybody had to pick something. I'm sure that's the case here as well, but we don't do everything year round. It was just one month before leading up to it. Everybody started qualifying for certain things. So I, one year I did run 100 meter, 200 meter, 400 meter, and 1500 meter. I tried everything and I came in second or third in the 200 meter or 400 meter. I don't remember exactly which one. And that was back in seventh grade, eighth grade. That's modified <laughs> cross country or whatever you guys call it here. But so I started then, but didn't do anything after that. All my life came here, didn't do anything, got into golf. Nice. I said I had to pick something, and golf was a good lazy man's team or or game. And so that's what I did for, I got addicted to golf for four or five years and was just, that's all I did. Before you had kids, right? Uh, While I had kids early on as well, and that's all I did. And then I was gaining weight from travel and not eating right and not exercising golf was not quite an exercise yeah so i got my uh act together and started planning out what i want to be where i want to be and how do i want to be with my kids and what do i want to i want to hang around with them and play with them and right do things yeah i uh i st- i played golf before i had kids too when yeah I was, uh, <laughs> I was out of college i was in a tech company yeah had a lot of free time played some golf 
it, golf was a good game. I mean, yeah. I, I enjoyed watching it. I played it. I mean, I was all in it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't good at it, mm-hmm. um, but um, did a lot, lot of it. Yeah, and I think the I think the you know I heard a, a motivational speaker guy once talk about you know the more that you do at work with your brain creating things, the more that your brain wants to like do something simple when it's done. Yeah. And that's why that's why you got to take the little white ball and put it in the hole. Hey, yeah, I know. Simple as can be, yeah. right? Like you can't get more simple than that. Yeah, you think it's simple and just go swing at it, mm-hmm. but <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, your um your your anecdote about I ran the 100 to 200 to 400 to 1500, that totally fits with your personality today. Yeah, you're going to see that when we go over the history of what I've been able to run or raced uh, that that's that's how I am. I'm all in, and I'm test myself as much as I can. Right, and so you you come here and you decide you need to be fit. You need to you need to change things from from being you're you're a little too young to be a retired golfer with yeah. expanding waist. <laughs> And so do you remember the point? Do you remember like the decision I'm going to start running? No, running was not in the equation whatsoever. Not even, I never spelled it out, never did anything with it. It was purely, I want to do a lifestyle change in my nutrition so that I can sustain weight loss. Weight loss wasn't that difficult. I was able to do that in a couple of months. I was able to lose quite a bit of weight. Came about how I'm going to sustain it. So I started walking i thought walking is easy gym going to gym was commitment and i just didn't enjoy it i said okay i'm just gonna walk 30 40 minutes that's easy that's natural so that's what i did Mm -hmm. i started walking uh if the weather was bad i was on a treadmill if not so i just walked and watched netflix or whatever on the ipad while i was on the treadmill did that and went up to six miles walking so that was taking a long time. I was going to say. That was a long time. I said, that's two hours. I don't have that kind of time. And so running was a natural next step. But even that, I wasn't sure how people run. What do they do? I thought running was just athlete thing to do, not a normal thing to do. Because I just didn't inj- care about it. I, there was a race here and there that I knew about. But I thought those were, again, special people or was a hobby once in a while. I didn't know there was a race every weekend out there. You, you right? know now. I did, and now I know. I'm so, proud of those. So you came to the U.S. Did you come to the U.S. and go right to college? That's right. So you went right to Penn State? No, I started at a smaller college because I wasn't sure where what the college life is going to be. So I wasn't sure whether I wanted to go to a big school like Penn State because I applied there. I had that mission. But I also applied to a smaller school. This one happens to be Lafayette College in eastern Pennsylvania at the border of New Jersey and Pennsylvania. It was 2,200 student enrollment versus 40-some thousand at Penn State. So Mm -hmm. I was a little intimidated to go to Penn State for (laughs) just for that reason. Yeah. So I took the other option to go to a smaller college first. And that's where I started, but I couldn't fit in. No? No, because... There wasn't enough people there? There were a lot of people, but it's just the culture was... They were mostly rich kids or international kids who came on scholarship, and I was in between. I didn't come on scholarship, and I wasn't one of the rich kids, so I couldn't fit in. Mm -hmm. And it was my first semester. I was struggling with my English course load was high trying not I, I wanted to take as many courses as i can to make sure i maximize my 
semester money that I was putting in, once you pay full time, you could take as many classes as you want as long as you didn't meet the maximum credit hours. So I was maximizing that so I didn't have time to socialize and learn the culture as well. Plus, I was making friends. I, I was trying to fit in every way I could, and I struggled for right. the two semesters I was at Lafayette. And then I took a semester off, decided to reapply, emailed Penn State. I said, hey, I had that mission. Can I come in? Oh, yeah, next semester, that'll be good. You can come in. That was easy. I didn't have to really <laughs> apply, apply. And so I took the semester off and worked that semester as uh, on campus at Lafayette as a full-time and then transferred. Then transferred and then Penn State. Penn State, still the graduation, yep. Yep. And so now you're, that's that's 96, 96 you go to Penn State? Yep, I was there I just, through 2000 because I started taking internships and taking time off. So right. a semester at school, semester mm-hmm. as a co-op, semester school, semester co-op, I did like four times or something like that. So co-op I took is- my time. Co-op is the way to get it done. It's a way to get it done. It was guaranteed way to get a job afterwards Mm -hmm. and get experience. And I needed the money for next semester. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Work one semester, pay for the second one. Yeah. Uh, So it took me a while to graduate, even though I don't know. That's five years. I think that's pretty good. uh, Yeah, but in that, I mean, I had one one year's worth of credit from from back home. Mm, I, I had a high school diploma from Cambridge University, London. And that was, they have a 13 years of schooling instead of 12. So I already had a year's worth of credit. So it should have taken me three to three and a half years to graduate. But with my four co-op terms and a semester off at Lafayette, I ended up taking mm-hmm. me that long. Well, that's fine. That's okay. It didn't matter. It doesn't, it didn't doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter. Um, and so did you, did you do think, was it just, you know, nose down books in college? No, I'm. I'm one of those average guys who wants to do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Not, I may not be expert in one thing, but I enjoy variety. So I want to do socialize. I want to do party. I want to be, be responsible and study at the same yeah. time. Yeah. I'm and not Penn a state. I mean, come on. You can do everything there. I wasn't a straight A student, but yeah. I, I think I, I, no regrets. I enjoyed every bit of my time at school. And how'd you end up in Rochester? I, did a co-ops were in uh, with the company. Uh, I started with the Ericsson at the time, but it was in the radio business because I do radios for the public safety first responders. So my co-op and everything has been with them. And Ericsson was based out of Lynchburg, Virginia. So that's where I was. And that's where I did my internships and that's where I went full time. And over time, our com- division got sold and sold and sold multiple times over. And Harris picked us up in late 2009 timeframe. And saw an opportunity in Rochester. I said, you know what? I'm going to take it. So, so you became an employee of Harris down in Virginia. And, and moved with them. Move yeah. to Rochester. Yeah. Yeah. I moved with them, and um, that was 2010. 2010. Wow. Yeah. Moved up here, did one-year rotation through understand different groups and different businesses they were in. They were in the military business. I was in the public safety sector. Um, did that for a year, year and a half, and uh, decided to take a assignment in alberta canada that's out that's out west out west in western <laughs> canada and colder than rochester yeah a lot colder so i did uh, 15 months of assignment there and that's where i started running my first run was out there in one of the coldest areas in north america yeah it was 
I was losing weight and sustaining and I was walking in Lynchburg when we did, when we were transitioning into Alberta we took the family with us for this 15 month assignment and from Alberta I was on a business trip to Washington DC for uh, for a conference and I had just ordered my brand spanking new trail shoes because I didn't know what trail shoes they were $30 Amazon shoes I said oh they're cheap I'll just buy them happened to be trail shoes and and sitting at the conference reception with a group of co-workers they said oh we're going to go for a run tomorrow morning I said hmm I got new shoes <laughs> I haven't tried running yet so might as well wow. so I showed up in the lobby there was a 2.2 mile loop around the hotel resort in Chantilly Virginia so in dark, we decided to run against the traffic, ran two miles, huffing and puffing. They knew how to breathe. They knew how to run. And they said, oh, that's good enough. They went for another loop. I said, you know what? I'm done for the day. But the whole day, I felt excellent. The whole day was great. I mean, I was sore, but I felt great. And another group said, we're going to go for a run tomorrow morning again. I said, okay, I may see you. I may not. I was there next morning. And decided to go with a second different group of co-workers. And they were going to do two loops. I said, you know what? I'm going to see. I'm going to do two loops with them today. Uh -huh. So I did two loops. And I started asking questions. How do you breathe? Because I just, I was struggling. Mm -hmm. So they gave me a few tips. And they said, have a conversation pace. And all that, things that runners knew I did not at the time. So I learned how to pace myself and how to be able to talk and run and jog and, and breathe. If you haven't breathed, calm down or whatever, right? So it, it went great. So I did two loops, four miles. I said, wow, I can run four miles. That's pretty awesome. It wasn't for another eight weeks. I was not able to run for two more than two miles. <laughs> but, the, but at least mentally, I knew I could yeah. do four miles. Um, I went back to Canada after the seminar. And talked to my manager. He was a runner. And I said, how do you guys run in cold weather? He says, we run all year round, so we don't think about it. You just layer up. I said, layer up? I'm like thinking thick, heavy jacket coats. How do you run with that? So I started questioning him. He got kind of tired of me. He said, you know what? Give me an hour. We have a lunch hour coming up. Uh, we'll go to the mall and I'll show you around. So we went to the mall. He showed me, uh, this is in Celsius, right? So he's a Celsius guy. So mm, zero degrees and above, I wear this layer. Minus five, I wear this layer. Minus 10, I wear this layer. Minus 15, I wear this layer. After that, I don't go out. Or whatever, <laughs> some, something like that, right? So he walked me through. So I understood. I bought one or two things. That day was minus 10. Uh, so I left early work at 4 o'clock before it got dark. Uh, this is still, uh, it was our late October, so so I decided to go for a run. I did three miles that day, and I haven't looked back since then. So so you you started in Chantilly, Virginia, mm -hmm. nice and warm climate. It's a it's going to be it's still fall and early morning at five a.m. Yeah. So it was yeah, the shorts, shorts and just a morning chill, right? Yeah. And and so it's a little bit chilly, but you get warm. It's nice, pleasant. You're running around a resort. You yeah, know, but you it's dark. Friends. You can't see a thing. Yeah, and then so you leave. Yep. And you go up to Alberta and you start shopping for sub zero. That's right. Temperature gear. Yep. So you were literally hooked after those first couple runs. Yeah, the four mile run hooked me up because mentally I knew I was good because I'm looking at it. 
I did four to six mile walk is taking me out hour and a half on a treadmill. Here I can do that in 40 minutes or whatever. So I said, this is easy. This is fast. I can do this. Yeah. I can get done the same workout and not worry about it. Yeah. So, so that was my motivation and get it done quick and fast. <laughs> get done. I, I just want to be done with Because this. lifestyle change was that I wanted to do 30 to 45 minutes of exercise. Right. That was my lifestyle goal. Yeah. As long as I was hitting it, I had no other intentions. I had no right. racing intentions. I had nothing and in no intent. So that was my goal. And this was meeting my goal. I can do yeah. 40, 45 minutes, do four miles of run, and I'm done. And there was something else that sort of triggered. You felt great. You I felt, felt great being outside breathing the fresh air in Alberta, Canada, and mm -hmm. watching a snow because snow since October it never melted through the whole winter. Right? Yeah, yeah. Never had melt at all that winter we were there. Uh, so I felt great. And I enjoyed running every time I went out. Uh, kids went out over a Saturday for, for a temple, Sunday temple school or whatever, and I would run around in the parking lot or surrounding neighborhood and stuff. I said, no, oh, this is a good way to know the neighborhood. Yeah. So and that's, that, and that's that, that. that was it. And, um, and so that went, got me through February or January, sitting around in early, late January, early February time frame. the same person I talked to about the uh, clothing, he walks up, he says, you're ready for a race. Race? What are you talking about? No, you're ready for a race. There's an awesome, gorgeous, beautiful race in mid-April. It's, 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 it's best. You're going to love it. You should do it. I brushed him off. He'd never, he quit on me. He just kept bringing it up different times. And he ended up convincing me to sign up. It was a 10-mile race. <sighs> First race was a 10-mile race, mid-April. And and did you, at so that had, point, you're still doing your four, I'm at, five I, I had made up to six miles. I had gone a few times up to six miles because through the winter, I was able to get four miles under control pretty quickly because that I did four months of walking, right? As I yeah, started. so yeah. that had gotten me to to yeah. a good fitness Com level. I comfortable think comfortable being out there for that exactly. Long. And then mentally, uh, doing a four miler accidentally, if you call it that, had given me mental toughness that I think I can do this. So getting to six mile wasn't that difficult, but I wasn't paying attention to my pace. I wasn't paying attention to anything. I was doing my, my logs and map my run because I downloaded that. I said, okay, I'm going to log everything so I can see. And having the, um, uh, we call them comms now, I guess, but it was just seeing segments pop up in my thing and say, oh, you did this segment faster than the other person or you were the faster this week or whatever. So that got me said, oh, where is that segment? So I go look for that segment. Oh, I say it starts at this point. So every time I will be running slow and I find that spot and I, sprint to the next end to see if I can get beat my time on it. So all that thing helped me get through to the six mile. So I was at six miles when he made me sign up for the race. So he, I had about, he, took, he put the pen in your hand. Um, it was, yeah, I didn't took a whole lot, but after the, after he talked to me multiple times, it was easy. Yeah. I said, you know what, what the heck? I didn't think about looking for a shorter distance race. Mm -hmm. I didn't even bother to research. I said, if that's the race, then that's the race. I don't know. I didn't know there were more races. Yeah. So I signed up for a 10-mile race. I had about six weeks to go at that time to up my distance. He said, just think about just run to eight miles. If you can run eight miles, you, the two miles is a walk afterward. Just walk afterward. You're done. I said, yeah. well, that's, that's a good way to look at it. And that was my intention was I'm going to run eight miles and I'm going to walk. Yeah. Well, come race day, uh, before the race, my 
wife's nephew was going to visit us. So I convinced him to visit us that weekend. I said, hey, come on over. My birthday happens to be a day before the race. I said, come on over. We'll celebrate my birthday if you want to. We'll care about it. but And we'll do a race tomorrow morning if you are willing to do it. And he said, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. So I signed him up for it. So I had a company. <laughs> and uh, and he's 21, 22-year-old. I mean, he, it didn't matter. He came in late midnight. I said, oh, now i got to get up early for a race. And here is my first race, and I'm tired. So he came in, and... And we having conversation. We are running together through the race, and didn't even pay attention to the pace and stuff. And had a great race. Um, eight miles. I knew where the aid station going to be. Eight miles. And I said, okay, that's where I'm walk. That's my walking signal. That's where I'm going to walk. So I told him, I said, you go ahead. I'm going to walk after this. He said, are you sure? He said, yeah, yeah. I said, okay. He he took off, and I walked maybe a quarter mile. I said, why am I walking? I can run this thing. <laughs> So I end up uh, running the last mile and a half because it was downhill at that point. And so I ran and had a great time and then looked at the results and I was on the first page of the results. I said, uh-huh. man, this is interesting. This is neat. And I was high. I mean, that's the first day I had heard about runners high, but I felt it. I yeah. was excited. I had a blast. I had a day off next day to show him around to go to Calgary and other areas. So this was good. I mean, I'm on high. I mean, that was perfect. If I had a bad experience, I might not have been racing now. I mean, but that was an excellent experience. After that, I started looking for races. I did quite a few races before we left Canada. Did one a month. I thought that was a good average, one a month. <laughs> right at that time. So I did six or seven races before we left okay. uh, Canada. And I went straight up. I did. That was a 10-miler. Then my next race I did was a 10K. And after that, I said, no, 10K is too short of a distance. 10 mile was good, so I decided to go half marathon quickly. So I did third race was half marathon, fourth race was half marathon. Fifth race was a 10K, but it was a nighttime race. I said, oh, nighttime race sounds good. You get to wear glow sticks and this and that and band music playing in the middle of a park. I said, that's awesome. But it was a bad experience. And the race was good. But I didn't know anybody. Mm. Right? You can't have fun in dark when you don't know anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you it took you six to finally find one you didn't like. Yep. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but it was just it I, I missed. I said, "Where's my friends? Why don't I know people?" Yeah. So you, so these other races, you had uh, the guy you were working with. You had your coworker. Yeah, he didn't race because he was injured that year. So okay, he, so, so I had nobody to race. So who with. was it? Who was? Who were your friends that you were running with? Did you have a, like, nobody. a local running I was, group? I was a, no, I was by myself the whole time. I was motivating by myself. So I'm. So I, during the no daytime, music. though, you were able to like talk with people. Yeah, like, I, whoever I ran into, say hi. But there was no group yeah. thing. There was nothing there. I didn't reach out to the running stores to see if there was a group run. Yeah, I didn't do any of that. Right, that didn't happen till I got back to Rochester. Right, because I was, I said, oh, Canada was well set out. Alberta was well set out. There was enough bridges and enough walk paths, enough running trails, and and regular. And uh, so I, I thought, oh, this is awesome. This set up for runners. But I never made a connection with anybody because we knew we were leaving in months. So I didn't make an investment in people either till I got here mm-hmm. and uh, came here in August and did the summer fest with Fleet Feet. Mm-hmm. That summer fest race at the end of the summer, uh, the 15K. Yeah, uh, Mandan Ponds. Oh, that hills. 
right? <laughs> uh, I've been running flats for a while. So, so that was a good hot summer day and then signed up for dirt cheap stage race. I said, oh, that would be good. That was unique. The trail race, I didn't have to run that much trails. Three day, three races in a weekend. Can I do it? So I was excited about it, nervous about it. So signed up and an excellent experience. That was one of the best races that I run that year. Or even yeah. now, I think that's still a really great race. Um, and in between, picked a few other races. My first 5K came in reindeer run that year. So whole year, I've been running races. Never ran a 5K. I did. Three half marathons during that six months, including Rochester half, and had a great time at Rochester half till the reindeer run. Um, as reindeer run, that's interesting because I'm standing next to Doug DeVivio. Everybody <laughs> knows Doug, or some of us do. Most people know Doug. He's the other serial. He's the uh, he's, he's other racer with that has similar stats or more. Um, so I'm standing next to him. He says. This is my 49th race for 2013. That was to the, yeah, 2013. I said, hmm, well, you need one more. He says, yeah, I got another week and a half. I probably could find one more. <laughs> <laughs> so I put a note to myself that, well, oh, that's a good goal to have, 50 races in a year. Yeah. So come New Year resolution, that was my New Year resolution for 2014, to run 50 races in 2014 or 500 race miles, whichever happens first. And little did I know that's, that's how I met you. That. Right. So we met, we met at Sega Honda. Yeah. Uh, the 2014 Sega 2014, Honda. 2014. Yeah. The mud, the mud year. Um, when it's probably one of the only races I've ever passed you at. I mean, <laughs> the last, because we had the last seventh, eighth station we were together Eight station we were together, and I stayed at eight station. You did and, not. And I did not. I saw my chance. I saw my chance. <laughs> no, but you had a great record a year later. Little did I know that I was pulling ahead of the immortal from no, Kumar, the, the legend. Okay, so there was a bump in uh, our uh, recording with Prem, but uh, don't worry, we got it sorted out. It's just you know one of those one of those things, you know. Of course, this is a great opportunity to take this break while the bump is being fixed to share with you this episode's shouting inside out message. This shout out is from Michael Valone, and it is to well all of you. Have you heard about Mafamidal? Mafamidal, you say? Yeah, Mafamidal. No, I'm not mumbling. Mephomidal, M-F-A-M-T-L, Mephomidal, is an eight hours of loopy fun with friends. Maybe you saw that jumble of words or letters, letters scrolling across Ultra Sign Up or on Facebook, and you, you just saw people talking about it, but you couldn't pronounce it, couldn't decipher it, and decided that Mephomidal wasn't for you. Well, it is. Mephomidal is for all of us. In fact, it's better with all of us. And here's the deal. Want a free entry? Email Chris at Running Inside Out Podcast with the subject Mafomital, M-F-A-M-T-L, and tell him what Mafomital means to you. You could be looping with us for free in the fall. I'll also add uh, that I, you know, I you could find out more about Mafomital and just plain old sign up by following a link in the show notes at uh, runninginsideoutpodcast.com slash 61. Um, it's pretty cool race. 
Uh, do you want to give props to a friend who had a great run or a race? Want to rep your run crew? Tell everyone about a cool race or event? Or even if you just uh, want to tell the world your general thoughts and feelings about someone or something, try shouting inside out. It's a way that you, the listener, can get your message on the podcast and out to the world without being a guest or a full-fledged sponsor. And extra bonus, you can help support the podcast at the same time. So if you'd like to send a message to someone, you could head out to runninginsideoutpodcast.com. That's kind of the first place to start all these things. Slash shout inside out. Or find a link in the aforementioned show notes. That's kind of always the second place to go. So... uh Give it a try. Check it out. Email me some messages about what Mephomidal means to you, and let's have some fun with this one. All right. Back to uh, chatting with Prem. Going back to where we, we left off, uh, we met at 2014 Sega Honda. Yep. Right? We met in the mud um, going up the aid stations. Yep. Sort of back and forth a little bit. And uh, that's the only, like I said. Yeah, that's no, the- we, we looked at the time clock. Because I have a pretty good memory of that one. We looked at it and said, huh, if we can run the last three miles, yeah. we, if especially if we do a seven-minute or eight-minute mile, eight-minute mile, I think, yeah. we can beat the six-hour time. Yeah. That's what we talked about. <laughs> and then Boots was right there. And he says, if you guys can run that fast now, you guys left a lot on the table, kind of something like that, right? Yeah. So I said, okay. So you and I started running on that stupid uphill dirt gravel road. Yeah. We got to that last aid station. I stopped to get something. You stopped. And you said, it. I'll see you. And then you stayed ahead of me. And I think that you beat me by two minutes or three I minutes. Made, I made my move. Yeah. You know? So you were just under six and I was just over six kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. And that was, um, I, I think I was actually just over six as well. I okay. think as far as clock time goes. Oh, okay. I don't think either one of us made it. No, I know I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that little did I know, like... Okay, so I met Prem at Sega Honda. I did not know that I would continue to meet Prem over and over and over and over again. And like you said, Doug DeWeaver was at that that race as well. Yeah, he was. And uh, you and Doug and I were doing the Golden Bib, and you you were not doing the Golden Bib. <laughs> I guess I regret not signing up for it since I ran most of their races that year. Yeah. And and so I did uh I didn't know that you had that fifty fifty races a year goal at that point. That was the first race I had seen you, but I sort of did the golden bib as accountability. I'm gonna run all I gotta be in shape for all yeah. these races, you know. And you sort of were just running them all. Yeah, my goal was to see if I can do 50 races because that's what I signed. I had a New Year resolution early on in the year that I'm going to try to get 50 races. And halfway through the year, 50 races with 500 race miles will be a good way to get there. Uh, yeah, so those were my my sub two goals. And that was because you were talking to Doug DeWeaver and you found out that he had 49 races in a year? Uh, yep, that Christmas before um, the Reindeer Run 5K, we were standing in line and talking about things. And he said, oh, it's my 49th race. And so that triggered me. I said, huh, we can yeah. do this, one right. a week. So wow. that's uh, that's what inspired me to have that new year resolution so you had the resolution i'm gonna run 50 races and 
Do they do do are each of these races like special to you? Are they are there is there a purpose or are you just ticking a box? At that time I didn't knew what races what options were out there. I knew I was going to run a marathon, my first marathon that year in twenty fourteen. So I'm that new year resolution I'm making it. I knew I'm gonna run that race a marathon or two and I'm going to run a couple other local races that I had just heard about. Somebody had mentioned Sagahanda so I said okay I'm going to do Sagahanda as my first sort of marathon. I signed up for it. That was in May. I'm in January. What am I going to do between January and May? Oh I'm going to run Freezer series. I'm going to run Snowshoe series. I'm going to uh, saw a 12 hour Mind the Ducks Road I guess I'm going to run that one as a test ground to see if I can run that kind of distance or not. And so I signed up for that. I said, oh, while I'm running a marathon in May for Sagahanda, why can't I do five more miles, six more miles, and run a 50K at Finger Lakes? How difficult can that be? It's a similar kind of terrain. I had no idea. So I'm signing up for these races pretty much that New Year break, the Christmas winter break, right? I'm sitting around and signing up these big races and then filling in the calendar along the way to say, how I'm going to get there, right? I need a half marathon as part of my training. I also pick that one. Picked Flower City half marathon in there. So I picked all these local races to fill in this gap along the mindset that I'm going to need to run one race a week to get to my 50 races. Mm -hmm. And I need to train for these big races that I'm signing up for that I have no clue what they are. <laughs> uh, especially every... I talked to Sagahanda is a big deal and I am here I am never run a major trail other than the dirt cheap that I ran a month or two before that was my only trail experience of Menden and no idea what Letchworth State Park could look like right uh, so I'm signing up for all these with that in mind and and some it was stupidity because I didn't know what I was getting into naiveness naiveness naive yes naivete so, so 2014 was pretty much just checking out, especially the first six, eight months was that. Mm -hmm. Once I got through Mind the Ducks, I felt quite achieved in the sense I thought, oh, I have more mental toughness than I thought I did. Right, and Mind the Ducks was a big deal, right? It was like a big deal. It was not an easy one. I quit a couple times along the way. <laughs> and when I say Everybody quit, quits a couple yeah, times, don't in, they? In the quit in the sense, because I had met my goal. My goal was to run maybe 50K, in the 12 hour just so that I know I can run a marathon kind of thing. So I did the 50K and I sat down literally saying, I'm done. I hit my goal. I sat down, changed, started eating my lunch, put different shoes on and I'm enjoying the scenery and seeing people run. And I'm talking to myself, looking at the time clock. I said, shit, I still got four and a half, five hours. What am I going to do? <laughs> I guess I'm running a little bit more. So I ran a couple more laps. And now I'm at 35, 36, right? It's five, six miles I've run. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I don't need to prove anything to anybody to even do myself. I've done passes. Forget it. I'm not doing it. So I ran into Mike Menendezi. And he had just come off from a ultra marathon that he had run in Bear Mountain or something. So he was now, he was chilling. So he had a beer. He gave me a beer. I drank. And, and just before the beer, actually, other runner, um, uh, fellow runner, um, uh, she had told me that she was having doubts, so she had a beer and she felt great, so she was out there again on the course. So I said, oh, beer can change things. So I ran, we had a beer and felt great. 
I went to aid station and picked up some more food, some sugar cookies, Newton figs. And beer and Newton figs did the trick and I ran five more miles after that on kind of a second wind. So I'm now I'm in the 40s. I said, huh, I still got time. Let's go for that. Uh, uh, so Mind the Ducks, for people who don't know, gives you uh, re- swag based on your performance throughout the day. So you get a swag for hitting a, a, a 50K distance and then a swag for hitting a double marathon and hitting 100K and, and, and triple marathon. So you get different swags along the way. It's so a performance-based. So I said, oh, I'm close. So let's hit the double marathon mark and let's get that towel mm-hmm. that, that, that comes with it. So, so it became that after that, once I got the second win. And that said, oh, this is, it's all mental stuff. And along the way, I met quite a few people, Eric Egan and the, uh, the uh, Hill Hecklers, we call them, this baby, <laughs> baby tiny hill on that course. Yeah. So they were all there cheering people on. So that was excellent, right? And then, um, um, Ben Murphy, the, the Trails Rock board member, right? Uh, co-founder. I talked to him. I, I kind of looked up to him based on his story and a previous winter that he did his 50 miler at Beast of Burden. So I was inspired by that. So I talked to him. I said, hey, I feel like quitting. And he said, no, 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 you can do this. So he kind of gave me a pep talk. So between those people around me that have been trying to get to know them now by that time, kind of inspired and, and got me going and that beer just got me the second wind I needed and I said, oh, this is all mental game. I can do this. Yeah. And I took the same mental toughness into Sagahanda and met you there and finally managed to get through that race. Yeah. Not the time that I was looking for, but I had no intentions of a time goal anyways, but under six was the goal, but I didn't make it. Yeah. Uh, then went to Finger Lakes. I had a great race at Finger Lakes. I met Chris Peterson there at the Finger Lakes and met, I mean, I knew Ron a little bit before, but Ron was running his 50 miler that 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 finger leg study so i had like some goal i said oh maybe i'll do 50 because you don't have to pay extra for 50k or 50 miles you're paying the same as long as you made the cutoff you can still run it so i'm glad i didn't because i would have been <laughs> that would have been really stupid so i did the 50k there at a great time um beat my expectations and then went on from there and ran quite a few races there a great rochester marathon the I know we probably didn't record it from the last time we have been talking about oh, Rochester totally, Marathon. We totally recorded it. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, so we had, so I had a good Rochester Marathon that year, and and some I had wine glass that year I ran. Um, and so we, um, you, you're dabbling in ultras. You're filling in with smaller races. You're you're running every weekend. You're starting to meet people. Yep talking about reading people's blogs you're meeting the people behind the blogs yep suddenly now instead of being this guy that's like learning how to run you're doing it all like you're there every weekend you know the people you're getting high fives you're the legend all of a sudden i don't know about legend but i was definitely feeling become i became quickly a local veteran from the number of races i did that year (laughs) from a a year ago i had not run a single race to running at the end of 2014 i had run uh, about 70 races right (laughs) so i went in a year and a half ran 70 races from zero to 70 basically and so i became a little veteran because a lot of people don't run that number of races in their lifetime and so do you do you get that feeling that you got 
out in Calgary when you ran that first race and you felt awesome? Do you do you get that feeling at every race? Almost every race, I have, I get pretty excited in some area, especially finishing the race. I may be nervous at the beginning. I may have excuses with me ready <laughs> at the beginning of the race, as somewhat of a sandbagging. Some people will call it in some shorter distance races, uh, but uh, no, I enjoy every race. I prep up and go at it as the best as I can to perform the better I can to, from the previous time I ran that same race. Do you collect your numbers? Do you hang them up on the wall? No, I'm not a collect. I'm, I'm collect data. I collect I every data that that my apps provide me and I have my custom spreadsheet that kind of shows me how I'm doing in different races, different times, different places. Um, I track all that in my custom spreadsheets that I have. I have more than one. I'm sure quite a few of people have similarly. Um, but sure, I do, do not keep bibs. I throw them out pretty much the very day. I have no emotional attachment, sentiment stuff with them at all. All my medals or whatever, participation medals or award, they're all in a drawer. Yeah. They are, have a designated drawer, but they're in a drawer. But you don't look I, at them. I, they, sometimes I take them out just for my kids so, so that because initially they used to ask me, did you win? Did you win? Yeah. <laughs> so I use medals. Say, yep, see, but they soon picked up on that. Everybody gets a medal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they don't ask me that question anymore. So the day I do win age group or place in the age group, I do talk about that with them and they, they get a little kick out of that. But other, that's a short lived kick mm-hmm. for a few minutes and then it's done and over right. with. And so you, so you get, um, you get the participation in the race. You get the high from running, doing the best you can. But you've also moved into um, marathon pacing, right? And that was kind of a big deal for you to yeah, our friend, jump into it. Yeah, our friend Chris Peterson turned me into that one, and he kind of hooked me up with the organization that he was pacing, one of the organizations that he paces with. And they were looking for somebody in 2015 for Erie Marathon. So I said, okay, I'll signed up for it asked him a lot of questions a lot of tips and everything and went with him he already had a room he already had a car was driving all i had to do was ride along mm-hmm. and did that and that race uh pacing was quite a different experience different kind of stress right? it was different stress to make sure i don't let people down yeah. who are counting on me to get them across the finish line in a time it was a four-hour group which is pretty standard milestone for a lot of people to hit uh, so it was stressful. I stressed myself out more by having settings in my watch that <laughs> kind of ticked me off at every every tenth of a mile or whatever. So you were you had you had mile. You thought like, how am I going to stay on pace? I'm going to have my watch do it. Yeah. So I set up alerts uh, around the pace that I was supposed to hit to so make sure I didn't 11, go over right? or too fast or too slow, plus minus ten fifteen seconds. And since it uses instantaneous pace to do that alerts, it was going off more often than I was thought it will because I had never mm-hmm. tested that thing before. Yeah. Uh, so that was not a – so everybody says don't try anything new on a race day. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to drive yourself nuts, Yeah. Uh, especially when we have people counting on you. But I was able to manage that and just laughed at it and just went with it. And you've kept pacing since then, I, right? I've paced that race every year since then now. Um, uh, things I'm pretty good at that particular race because it's such a good course and flat course and I know uh, that course now well 
Uh, and I've done a couple other half marathons for the same company as well. And you've done, I mean, you pace the four-hour group and you pace the 145, so the two-hour halves. Yeah, 145, I've done two-hour. I've done two-hour 15 because if, if our open slot is there, I'm, yeah, so I'm trying to figure out if I can do what Chris does, is <laughs> dials in a pace and he can do whatever you tell him. The human metronome. Yeah. So I'm I'm not there. I can't do that because I don't have that kind of range. He has a big, good range. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I've done a little bit of slower than I want to because I want to make sure that I feel comfortable and confident that I can hit it without. If it's a race for me, it shouldn't be. Pacing should be no different than a, just a long run out there. Right, and your your marathon PR is not four hours, right? No, um, I was able to have a pretty decent marathon uh, in Chicago with the help of our friend Chris. <laughs> this the Apex Training, Chris yep, Patterson. Yeah, so Chris helped me out in 2016 with a good training plan and and a coaching through those three four months of training for Chicago, and and I was able to have a really good race. Um, um, and uh, there was just a good day, and so I was able to hit a PR, and so PR is 319 and change. Um, but my average marathons has been around 330. Hmm. Not so bad, though. Not so bad. Do you have hopes and dreams of Boston? 2020 Boston is a goal. Yeah. And uh, because I need to age up to gain some 10 minutes, for, yeah. because right now where I'm at, it won't get me there. But if I age up and get 10 minutes and a little bit get faster or get close to my PR again, then I have a shot at getting in. Are you going to do um, 50 races to try to get there? No. Are you going to do anything different to try to get a BQ? Um, yeah, I mean, I need to get a little bit more serious in hitting certain... Once I hit the eligibility window, which starts, I believe, after September of this year, so it's mm-hmm. fall next next year... I will have that window of 12 months or whatever to qualify for the 2020. So in that time, I'm probably going to focus key races that I want to hit and key half marathons and 10Ks that gets me there. Mm-hmm. So that's the plan at the moment. It's just a rough sketched out, but not fully vetted. Boston 2020, huh? That's the plan because I turn 45 and Ooh. my birthday usually falls around that Boston weekend. It's Ooh. mid-April. So couldn't ask for better right that's my birthday time frame i turn a milestone age i gain 10 minutes of eligibility might as well shoot for it so that's the goal yeah. will i get there i have no idea but if i get there that'd be great if i don't get there i'm not gonna beat myself up for it yeah i mean you're gonna still be racing when you're 50 and 55 right so let's hope <laughs> right knock on wood that i stay injury free well, you've been pretty good about that so far, right? I mean, I haven't heard a lot of like premise sidelines. You've hit your fifty race goal. How many years now? Uh, this might really be my fifth now. So five years in a row, you've run fifty races a year yeah. or five hundred race miles. That's correct. So you're doing all right. Yeah, I mean, some injuries do come here and there, but they haven't been serious enough. You back off a few weeks or back off a winter break, mm-hmm. and then you get back at it. Run a twenty a twenty four minute five k here and there instead. Of- oh yeah, well I've done that. I do that all the time because I I listen to my body as much as it tells me and yeah. push if I need to. If I don't push, uh, so so far so good. So where where do you go from here? I mean you've run you've run fifty miles, you've run fifty k's, you've run 
tens and halves and fives and where do you where do you go just keep doing this and just keep getting that weekly enjoyment out of it that's where i'm at i want to make sure i manage my travel schedule for work manage my life at home and my kids and yet continue this journey i'm on of racing and running um so i'm I, so far i've been able to balance it the demands at home is getting more because the kids are growing up so i do want to keep that in mind and not go out too far out of my way and start signing up for something that i might not be able to commit to so that's why i'm not going to go beyond 50k distance at this point but the kids are the kids are growing up and they're starting to run with you now right i'm Aren't they? Keep, i'm exposed i've exposed them enough that i think so they want the older one is enjoying it the younger one doesn't care too much about it he he calls himself as a sprinter so he wants to do 100 yard dash and call it a day good you can do speed work <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> so that's my younger one so far the older one um, enjoying it he's enjoying his 5k's so i think that he wants to have a different goal this year he wants to have a few 5k's done nice. and he wants to improve his time last year he had a one great race so he got uh, he came out of his shell which was such a proud feeling for me. We were running that race together. I happened to win that 10K myself. Oh. It was a short, short, tiny, small group of short, small, low-key race in at a, uh, at a church in Henrietta. And somehow I found myself in the lead. And I won that race with a not not too fast of a time. What's and that like to run like 300 races and finally win one? It's it's big deal, and, and, and that's why I kind of brought it up because it it just came in my mind that I did win one this year. Um, but the biggest one was not my win. That there was a five k while I was running my ten k, was that my son was running, and it was a neighborhood five k while we ran the bigger core loop, and he had to run two loops of that neighborhood to get five k, and somehow he's usually a very shy kid, so he ran. He had a good race. He beat his time. He was under 30 minutes. So that's what he wanted to get to. And he was so excited. It was unbelievable. He said, wow, this is 30 minutes. It's awesome. I can do this. I can do better. And and then when the award time comes, and he won his age group because there were not too many people uh-huh. out there. And and he went up there, and he got his medal, and he's excited and super excited. He does the dab thing. I mean, he, I mean, he, and he's talking to his friends. He made new friends. I mean, that's not like him. He's a, he's a shy yeah. kid. And I saw him come out of shell, and that made my day more than me winning. I mean, I won. Didn't even matter because they had um, did not order the right number of awards because such a low key event. So they had one 10K award and one 5K award, but they didn't realize they were they're going to have four winners. Mm. Female, male, male, female for two races. They should have four awards. They had two. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't even get my award that uh, day, all right. which is okay. That wasn't for me, but it was funny that I'm here at a race, not expected to win. I win it for whatever reason. Um, uh, and a year before, somebody else won with a really good time, and they're there. He's a fast runner. For some reason, he decided not to show up, or somebody else didn't show up. Um, but it was still a win is a win, I guess. All around victories for both of you. Yeah. I guess, so right? that was a that was a good good day for us. Well, you know, racing racing has sort of brought you your set of friends, and now it's brought a little set for him too. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, hopefully that's the case, and uh, that will keep 
get him keep him out there and stay driving and how that's the plan for this fall he doesn't want like winter running so that's okay oh come on that's okay he'll, you, he'll come around you were forged in the snows of calgary alberta yeah now <laughs> <laughs> uh, he'll, he'll come around he's um uh he's looking forward to his uh, spring track clinic or whatever so yeah. we'll we'll start there and let's see what happens for him is there any place you mentioned travel for work is there any place that you want to run I'm not a big on destination running. Yeah. It doesn't excite me, but I've been picking lately the road marathons. If I'm so road marathons, you asked earlier that I, what distance I like road marathon distance for whatever reason. And since I've run the local races here, road marathon, I've done the wine glass, I've done the Buffalo, I've done the Rochester three times. Um, so I've done these and I've done, uh, I haven't done Chicago. Syracuse, but I'm doing Syracuse. I've done Steamtown. I've, uh, so I've done the, some of the local ones. I want to get out. So I did the Chicago as a destination run. And I'm trying to get into New York. This will be fifth year in a row, waiting to find out next month uh, to see if I get in that one or not. So that's one of those check check the box, mm-hmm. the thing. Uh, I've done Philly. I've done Washington, D.C. So I would like to pick some road marathon just gets me out and I take my family with me most of these day races mm-hmm. so that's a good way to have a weekend with them um, but other than that I like local I don't want to go more than an hour hour and a half out of my way mm-hmm. because to keep myself here where I need to be yeah. uh, luckily we have an excellent running community here uh, right we have good trail community that we are part of we have good races on the road as well uh, we have so many organizations. We, I think that we have raced three or four to pick from every weekend, as yeah. we talked about earlier. Yeah, we know. You've, so, you've uh, found yeah. at least one a weekend and sometimes So two. there's no shortage of them, and I don't mind supporting local races because they don't cost me because of the travel and every other way that keeps my cost down and time away from family down. So I don't see any reason why do I have, why should I have to go far away. There are race everywhere. Mm-hmm. Some can be say, oh, that's a great excellent sure i'm sure it is but do i need to go there mm-hmm. i don't see a reason for it yet no you're a ratchesterian now i mean while i'm traveling for work sometimes i've happened to spend time or stay over for the weekend and i do look for races then <laughs> and if a last minute i can sign up i do and i have done that yeah um because while i'm out there i don't go out of my you're way out, but if i'm there of, i'm there you're out on the road cheating on us huh yep <laughs> so i feel like prem is going to have to come back on the podcast very soon the guy has run by my amateur and obviously uh basic counting skills close to 300 races and uh in this episode we talked about what maybe well not even 10 of them uh we barely scratched the surface not to mention, we didn't cover his volunteering at races either. And an hour is just not nearly enough. So, yeah, maybe now that he's finally capitulated and uh, done one episode, maybe it'll be easier to get him to do another. So, you know, if you see him at a race, which is likely where you're going to see him, let him know you want to hear, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. Be sure to check out the episode show notes for links to some of the topics in the episode, like Prem's exhaustive Athlinks page, as well as information on our sponsors, the Blue Foundation and Mighty Mosquito 99. You can also find links to our Strava Run Group, 
now up to 146 members. Will you be 150? Uh, and the, check out the Patreon page. Thanks to all of this month's supporters, including the newest supporter, Drew Caffrey. Did you know that Drew was second place at the first ever Trail Methods Last Runner Standing race with 19 miles? Well, that race is uh, coming back this year. No, uh, Drew hasn't signed up for this year's race yet. No, I haven't asked him why. Maybe it's because he was busy signing up to support the show. And for that, I thank him. So the continued financial support helps me keep improving this podcast keeping the lights on, as you will. Uh, if you look forward to this podcast each week and it inspires, educates, or entertains you regularly, consider becoming a supporter. Check out the homepage or the bottom of the show notes and click the Patreon banner. Please know that any amount of support is appreciated. Thanks. Keep in mind, the number one way you can always support the show is to tell a friend and help them subscribe. And if they seem interested when you're telling them about it, take their phone physically subscribe them. Be like, gimme, I will help you out. Click the buttons, boop the screen, do what you got to do. Don't let them walk away without hearing it or at least having it there. Um, of course, you know, don't do any of that without their permission. People's phones are very private things. They don't like people touching them. So, uh, one last thing, I'm always interested in hearing your comments and feedback on the show, even if I don't say it every episode. So, please drop me a line at chris at runninginsideoutpodcast.com and let me know your thoughts. Thank you all for listening and subscribing and telling your friends. Thanks for sharing your stories and getting out there to create more stories. Until next episode, be thankful for what you've been given, be proud of what you've achieved, and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.